We have the badass from Buffalo, the serial killer of SEO. He will take your roofing company to the motherfucking moon. Mr. Michael Stearns, welcome to the I Drink From Skulls podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. Thank you. We need the applause. We need the audience. Michael. Michael. Yeah, you know, in typical Mike Stearns fashion, I fucked up the uh, the audio cue. So the third time was the charm. Matt, thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. Let's go. I drink from skulls. Drink from the skulls of my enemies. Appreciate you too, my man. I have heard a rumor. It is 5.30 a.m. in your part of the world. Yeah, Eastern Standard Time. That is true. The rumors are true. You know, it's it's one of the benefits of living in a state of perpetual anxiety. You don't sleep much. So you get up and you do podcasts with awesome people like Matt Smith at you know 5.30 a.m. So here we are. There you go. To you, Matt Smith. Thank you. Thank you. We have a skull. We have the skull. Do I do I sense a, a tinge of ginger there, Mr. Stearns? Yeah, it's interesting, right? So um, I'm blonde, I'm ginger, I'm like dark brown. So it's like, you know, it kind of starts like right here in my sideburns. And then it goes from like blonde to ginger. And I don't know exactly where right, the delineation point is, but it happens somewhere because down here it's ginger. I like it. Yeah, leave that to the audience to figure it out. Drop it in the comments. <laughs> Well, for the benefit of everyone watching along, I want to know who the hell is Michael Stearns? How long is this podcast? We got some time. We got some time. I am um, somebody who is um, obsessed with getting better every single day. I'm super competitive with myself. I don't pay as much attention to other people as I do myself and, and consistently trying to, to move that needle. I never, I never expect to be at a full tank of perfect, but I want to move the needle as far away from that empty or imperfect as possible it's kind of how i look at things on a day-to-day basis fuck i love football buffalo bills go bills obviously i've got i have a beautiful wife i have a beautiful daughter who's going to be 16 i have a baby boy coming in november congratulations nope there it is hopefully uh, my wife doesn't watch that and hear the wah 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i got into you know, my first exposure to marketing for contractors was high, um, handing out uh, flyers when I was like 15. Yeah, wow. Well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got paid okay for it. And, you know, truth be told, I didn't hand out the entire box of flyers. I'm a changed man now, okay? You know, but I went through college and I <laughs> I worked in I worked in debt collections, which taught, which taught me a lot of things. It taught me a lot of things as far as um, empathy and compassion and, and working through complex issues that people have. And, uh, you know, when I got out of school, I was like, well, I need a job and I don't like doing the job that I'm doing now. And, um, yeah, I got, I, w- I went into sales for a digital marketing company and I just, uh, immediately fell in love with really every aspect of it. And here we are almost 10 years later. There you go. Life sentence for roofing, man. I love it. Yeah. You got a life sentence in roofing. Yeah. It seems that way. That's all right. Um, I, I love my roofers. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Maybe they add to the a little bit of that anxiety, but it's uh, it's a stress that we love. You know, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be able to disprove that statement. So, how long has Ascend Digital Agency been going? Like, talk me through that. Uh, what about two and a half years now? What else do you want to know? Two and a half years uh, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Shout out to Drake. Yeah, yeah. I just start, I started the I started the company just because you know I think it's probably right along the same lines of why most people start their company. They're doing something for somebody else and they feel like they're doing, like they've got ideas and they feel like maybe they can do it better, right? And, um, you know, yeah. they, they bring those ideas to folks and, you know, maybe those folks don't agree and it's like, okay, 
well at some point it's like yeah i want to shoot my shot i want to give it i want to give it a try and um we've been very fortunate we have you know early on we got some really great clients and couldn't do it without y'all y'all the mvps yeah 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 i love that that's really cool man because you've been I've, I've you and i we've known each other online for years and years it seems like so maybe that some of that was in the time that you were doing sales and stuff like that and you've always had a great reputation i feel like we've always given a bit of stick to the to the fake marketers to the trying to keep it real for the industry so i've always loved that <laughs> yeah no no i appreciate that and i appreciate you and i appreciate the way you brand yourself as well it's fucking amazing you know when i click through your 739 stories a day um, <laughs> yeah it gives me it gives me a chuckle and uh yeah it's, it's really really good you do a great job and uh yeah, we, we have known each other online for some time and it was definitely started when I was in like a sales position. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it's important, you know, for anyone that's watching, you know, when you're running a business and I, this isn't me on a pedestal, just sharing my experience, what you do and the services you offer and, and products that you provide to people is really important that they're, they have efficacy and they work and they do what they're supposed to do. But, you know, people also really want an amazing experience. Like, you know, that that's yeah. people covet that right if i go to a restaurant and they've got good food but their service is ass i'm not going back you know so that's really something that we try to embody and really push for every single time is is matching our products and services that we offer with an unmatched experience um and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from our clients because of that. absolutely if if someone didn't know that you'd, you'd said you'd only been going for two and a half years which when it's a new business two and a half years is is uh it's quite a long time. I mean, we've been doing it not even four years. So, but the whole point of that is like, if people didn't know that and they saw the brand recognition that you got, the amount of the the raving clients that you've been able to generate and build and get the great results you had, it'd really make someone stop and think and wonder like, what what really goes on there? What drives you? Um, and like you just mentioned, um, it's all about delivering a really high end quality service and an ongoing service. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. I think kind of like a prerequisite to that is you know relationships fail or flourish in expectations right and like expectations if they're poorly set there's going to likely be a poor outcome so setting the right expectations with people and i mean this doesn't just apply to business this applies to personal life everything in between um setting the right expectations and and being accountable and also being able to depend on the people on the other side of those expectations, right? So seeing eye to eye and making sure that we're all on the same page is is paramount, um, just as a precursor, as a foundation to to having those successful relationships. Yeah, I love that, man. I, I do ads and marketing and stuff, and you do the same thing. And so too does Joe Schmo, who bought a course and lives in their stepmom's basement. <laughs> How do how do like you know we're we're heavy in the roofing industry, home improvement, home services. How does someone figure out who who to use and what to look out for? Well, they would go to the Ascend Digital Agency YouTube channel and then they would watch the video. That's eighteen questions to ask when hiring a marketing agency. It's challenging, right? Because folks in the home service industry, you know, we take what we know for granted because we've spent you know a decade here or or what whatever that time is, right? And I think it's kind of similar to the way that, you know, when you're doing sales for a roofing or home improvement company, you got to take a step back and understand that the person that you're trying to sell your product to doesn't understand roofing or home improvement the way that you do. So you got to explain it as if they're a fifth grader, right? 
And it's hard sometimes to take a step back outside of that expertise that you have so that you can make sure that you're you're providing the value in a way that's digestible and compelling to somebody who doesn't know as much as you. Yeah, I digress. Um, to answer your question, I, I think there's, there's a lot of different things that folks can ask a potential marketing agency to understand if they're a good fit. You know, we're usually like the second, maybe third marketing agency that people use. And typically like the progression is, they try to do it themselves or they go with a very cheap company. Um, and then they try something that's, you know, maybe a little more aggressive as far as price and a little bit of heavy investment. Um, and when those things don't work out, then they say, okay, well, fuck it. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go to the moon. I don't care what it costs. We got to figure, you know, let's figure out a plan that makes sense. Um, some yeah. of the questions would be, you know, are am I going to own my website? You want to know. Great question. You don't want to find out three years into a relationship when you go to leave. And you guys are breaking up that, by the way, I own your house. It's like, what? I don't even get half? No, you don't get nothing. It is. And, you know, in your domain too, right? Like if somebody, if, if you have a marketing agency that you're considering doing business with and they're like, oh, we'll take care of getting your domain free, don't fucking do it. Go buy, go to Google and, you know, type in domains. You go to GoDaddy, you do it through Google. You buy domains, like, you know, whatever, 13 bucks. Because everything that you're going to do as far as like web development and SEO is going to roll up to that domain and having that authority. So that's really important. Yeah. And I say that to say, I don't think it's terrible for people. Like if you need to lease a website, so let's say your company, you just started your day one and you want to pay a company a couple hundred bucks to develop you a website and they're going to lease it to you. That's fine. But it comes back to that expectation. And oftentimes what you see is that there's not that expectation. So then the contractor grows, 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 puts a bunch of money on this website and then they're held hostage a year later, two years later, three years later. Yeah. That's super important. Um, also like, you know, in the same vein, your ad account, like if you're investing a ton of money into optimizing your Google ad campaigns, are you going to own it or is it ran through an agency account? You know, there's pros and cons to each, I suppose. But you know, if you're, if you're investing in a long-term strategy and you're paying a company to consistently modify and optimize your ad account for the best performance, it's a bonus if you get to keep that, you know, if you guys ever decide that, you know, we're done here, we've, we've gotten to the point where we don't need you anymore, you know. Yeah, um, it'd be great to be able to hold that, hold that data, for sure. I just want to reemphasize that because I reckon I'd see it. I don't know, probably half a dozen times a week. We're not huge in website and SEO, but we do love helping roofers and contractors. So it's something I always check, and I know you'd be big on it. I know you'd see it quite a lot. Got to be cautious and make sure where the ownership of the asset is. In a perfect world, you want to own that asset. Man, it gets ugly when you don't especially when you want to make a change. It can be really horrible. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And what, what I find most frustrating is like on the SEO side, you know, for those watching, if you don't know what SEO is, it's search engine optimization. So it's things that you're going to do on your website, around your website, on the internet to convince Google or whatever search engine you're, you're discussing that you're most relevant for these key phrases. The problem is, is that most contractors, they don't have an understanding of SEO is, and you have all these nefarious actors in the marketing space. So they're getting quotes from, you know, I can do SEO for $200 a month. I can guarantee you first page rankings for $99 um, within three months. Uh, it's going to cost you $10,000 a month. And they have no idea, no context to help understand, you know, what, what is SEO and like, what should it cost? Yeah. And it's, it's complex. I almost want to say convoluted. There's such a negative connotation in that word, but there's a lot going on and it's so dynamic where like 30 years ago, it's, 
okay, if I want to get the most opportunities out of the phone book, I'll just buy the biggest ad that I can. I'll buy a spot on the cover and send that print out. And I know that the phone's going to ring more than the guy that's three positions behind me. And the dynamic nature of, of internet marketing and SEO in particular make it very hard to conceptualize and to understand what exactly is going on and what it should cost. So we also got videos on that. So check out the Ascend Digital Agency YouTube channel. Well, we'll be able to, I think we'll be able to drop some links and add it into the episode notes and stuff like that. Because I have seen some of that stuff. I think it's awesome content. And the more people that can get their hands on it, watch it, take it in, actually fucking listen, the better. For sure. Yeah. You know, we try what I what I aim to do when I started making my content is like our, our clients are typically two to three million and up, right? Just based on our price point and the aggressive nature of what we do when it comes to marketing. We're very working with growth oriented people like yourself, right? Um, and it doesn't make sense, you know, if you break down what percentage of your revenue you're investing into marketing, our appetite to help people grow sometimes doesn't match up with where they're at, right? In their business. And that is yeah. fine. But what I want to do is I want to lead with value. Right. So whether it's somebody that does fit in our target market or maybe it's somebody who's smaller right now and they don't necessarily fit in our target market, I want to give them as much value as possible and lay all the cards out on the table so that they can make a good decision, whether it's us or somebody else. Right. Um, I don't want the person that's watching my content three years from now to be like, yeah, I work with this company. I work with this company and you know, I got screwed. I got hosed. This is what happened. Right. That's really, that really sucks. Um, so, you know, I try to, create all our content for the most part outside of the podcast is based on, okay, what questions have I been asked? What scenarios have I been exposed to that have had a, a negative impact on the folks that we service and how can we help them hedge against that in the future? Yeah. I love that. So that makes sense. Yeah. What are some of the, the, those questions that you, that you're sort of getting and is there any common ones? Yeah. Like the, the website thing is big, yeah. you know, and even with like local services where, you know, like the, the ad agency will set up their lo Google guarantee or their Google local services through like an MCC account. And it's like, I'm not sure if I own it. Do I own it? How do I get, you know, how do I make sure that they're not going to take it if I leave that type of stuff? I would say the website one, that's the most frequent offense that we see where people aren't on the same page and they don't have the understanding that, hey, I actually don't own this asset. And it's, yeah. it's troublesome. And sometimes there's conversations that you can have with the, with the agency to try to influence them to just, you know, kind of do the right thing. Just because it says in your agreement with them, you don't own this doesn't necessarily mean they're going to exercise the right to, to hold your your domain or your website right yeah so yeah it's definitely a big red flag and the best pro yeah one of the best questions any roof or a home improvement company or any anyone in business needs to ask super super important just saw a guy who um he got his marketer i think he does uh, some sort of installation like either hvac or garage or something like that um, and he, he did the right thing he he trusted a marketer he went all in it was insanely expensive so in terms of that, it wasn't the right thing. But in, he trusted someone. He thought this person could get them great results. This person set everything up technically into the contractor's name. But he also had admin access. And when the contractor needed to change the plan and renegotiate, this guy just deactivated the email and he's lost his GMBs. LS, like Google local service, Google guarantee, absolute nightmare. He's had to put people off. It's just horrid and he doesn't have, now doesn't own his website. He's going to have to go through legal. So can't emphasize this point enough. Yeah. It, it's horrible when it goes bad. That's a fact. And the stakes are really high. It hurts my heart to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen it far too often and to varying degrees as far as how much of a detriment uh, it's been to the, 
to the person on the wrong side of it. We have a different approach when it comes to like sales. Yeah. So for instance, if somebody is considering doing business with us, like we don't have a sales team, we have Mike Stearns. Um, and I, I bet the clients and I tell folks like just, you know, you should be very particular about who you let handle everything as far as growing your business. And, you know, we exercise the same caution, right? Simply because we have, we have a brand and a reputation to protect. And like I said, as nice as it is to be inundated with opportunities, like not everybody is where they, where they fit into our target market at this time. And that's okay because we want to help those even if they're not. So like we have our first step to coming on board is like a paid consult. So we spend like two or three hours together, um, the prospect and myself where we go over all these things. Right. So one of the big things that we do is like how to hold a marketing company accountable, um, trying to understand like key performance indicators because SEO, if you're in the month three of the SEO campaign, you're not going to get leads. You're not going to get a ton more traffic, but there are things that you can look to, to see like, is there anything being done? Is there content being created? Um, are there new pages being added to the website? Are you getting impressions in Google search console for new keywords based on things, the activities, the link building activities that you're doing? Yeah. Um, and those are the precursor to things like better position on Google, more traffic, and then more leads as a result of that. But it's a tiered thing. And the problem is, is that SEO takes time. And everyone's yeah. going to tell you SEO takes time. And that's true. However, folks that are you know malevolent, uh, they lean on that as an opportunity to make sure that they just keep billing you and they keep stringing yeah. you along, even if they're not necessarily doing the right things that like a quality marketing agency would do to get you that long-term organic growth. So- and then if they decide to do business with us at that time, we credit it back towards whatever they're buying. So it's free. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I like that. That's super important for people to know too. Like that's probably one of the, the better expectations that's now being set is that, you know, SEO will take some time. I would argue, and I'm a, I'm a heavy ads guy. That's what I'm best known for. Come up with some really cool stuff that's done really well. But would, would it be fair to say that every roofing company, every home improvement company, maybe a very rare exception, should be investing in SEO? Is that a fair comment? It's not unfair. However, timing is crucial. So yeah. I always like, context is super important. And when somebody asks me like, you know, how much would it cost for me to, to properly market my company? I'm like, I don't know how much would my roof cost? And they're like, well, I don't know. I know because you don't know you don't know how big the roof is how many squares is you don't know if it's cut up or not you don't know how many layers are on it. you don't know what I want to install on it do I want to install a Euro Shield roof shout out to Leslie and team <laughs> do, do you want I want three tab shingle for some odd reason do I want standing seam like there's so many layers of what needs to to be discovered in order to accurately assess that situation and what it's going to cost for my new roof yeah the same thing goes when you're making marketing decisions and, and advertising decisions for your company so, for instance, you know, there's no secret that Corey Combs has done very well with us. South Shore Roofing and Exteriors out of Tampa. You know, first year we worked together, we didn't do SEO. Do I think that SEO um, wasn't important to his company? No, but I think that it was much more important um, when his company was in the infancy stage to make sure that we hammer the shit out of opportunities to bring in immediate revenue and to keep him liquid. Yeah. When you're a young company, that liquidity is so super important to not becoming part of that stat of X percentage of contractors go out of business in the first three years. You know, So we took a nuanced strategy to make sure that we were investing in all the things that are going to keep money coming through the door now so he can continue to grow. Uh, and then once he had more disposable income as far as uh, investing a higher percentage into more long-term uh, marketing and, and advertising activities... That's when we went in and we did a full custom website and did SEO and things like that. 
Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. What do you recommend for people who are, you know, they're, they're not quite at that, they're past the startup stage, but they, they don't quite have the budget for, you know, they're not in that two to three mil plus mark and um, they know they need to do something. Like, is there any advice you'd give guys in that sort of area? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of advice. So the first thing I'll say is like, you don't always, it's not always something where you have to hire somebody, right? Um, you don't, you know, sometimes it's addition by subtraction. If you cut out an agency that you're going to go with because you've asked them the right questions, you know, you've interviewed a few and you're not happy with the answers that you've gotten, don't settle for the one you're happiest with if you're still not overall happy with the way that it went, right? Because you could have three shitty options. You don't have to choose one of the three shitty options. And I'm not, and I'm not here to bash agencies because there's plenty of good agencies out there. But what I find is that, you know, we interviewed two, three companies and this was the best. It was like, the best of the worst though. And I, we didn't really feel great about it, but they were better than the other two. And it's like, well, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. save the $10,000 a year, you know, focus your energy on generating opportunities internally till you get to the point where you can invest in somebody that you're confident, that you're confident with as far as their ability to execute on behalf of your company. You know, that would be one thing, you know, doing things, you know, content is huge, right? And, you know, so, what I tell people is like, whether you're doing blog content, you're doing video content, think of the things that like your customers are asking you on sales calls. If you're doing insurance claims, think about, you know, the things that you're telling an adjuster while you're on the roof um, to get the, the, to get the roof off, right? Like point these things out and talk about them very specifically and go deep on these, whatever topic it is that you're talking about to, to express in your blog content and your video content why it's important, why this is important, why this mark is substantial, how we know this is hail and not somebody up here with a hammer smacking the shingles, right? Why it's important to understand like, hey, if you found a shingle in your yard, look around or call us out for an inspection because X, Y, and Z, this is what we found in the past. Like those things are often overlooked and are incredibly valuable because now if you start taking that content and parlaying that with even just, you know, having these videos on deck to send out to customers that have the questions. There, there's some semblance of authority. If somebody asks you a question, like, yeah, we, we get that question all the time here. Let me send you a video, right? Anyone can say they get it all the time, but when, they, you, can, when you can on-site say, yeah, here, this, this is the answer. I know I answered it for you, Mr. Smith, but here's, you know, I know you said you want to talk to Mrs. Smith, so here's a video and you guys can talk through any of the issues that you had. If you got any other questions, let me know. I would say that was a shitty approach because you should have never ran a one-legger, all right? But if you find yourself in a position of running a one-legger, <laughs> um, that might help increase your credibility. You can also take that content into local social media groups. I think that there's a lot of opportunities from what I see, especially in like the guys that are dealing with uh, direct-to-homeowner to retail opportunities for their sales reps to do more activities as opposed to expecting the company to provide them more. For those types of companies, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity. And I can't, I can't overstate that. Um, because I, I work with, I would say, majority of contractors that are retail and they're not doing storm work. And uh, it's a common thing. I love these guys, but we got to make sure that we're setting the expectations that if we're going to give our teens allowance, that they're going to do their chores, right? And the chores are getting out there, canvassing around the jobs that we're doing, getting the social media groups, building relationships within the market of realtors and and, thing, and property managers um, to make sure that we're bringing opportunities that otherwise wouldn't come to the company as a result of our efforts, as opposed to just saying, here, give me another Google lead, give me another, I don't know what else, Facebook leads from, from Matt Smith. <laughs> I guess something cool to think for the roofers and home improvement guys to think about, like a lot of them, for the most part, 
there'll be a there'll be some content goes up in a in a roofing group. All the roofers are in there. It makes sense, right? So it'll be who who's who's good at SEO, who's good at ads, and yourself. You get shouted out. I get shouted out. There's a few other people, and then that that creates that initial like, oh, okay, I might give these guys a call. If 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 you took that approach and and attacked local community groups and you had good content, you started having a good presence. And you had people that were happy with your services in there that could recommend you. Imagine how powerful that could be. That's something free that everyone could do. It's, uh, and I, with my clients, like we talk about this all the time. I got a, I got a, a younger sales rep for a company and they do about five, six million, but I mean, he gets 20 and 30 opportunities a month and they're of, they're of lower quality. Like, and, like, and this is where people are, oh, they're, I got a bunch of tire kickers. It's like the, the fucking leads are free. Okay. And you're not doing much, right? So what I tell people, I, I coined the term the social snowball effect as far as what I've done, as far as getting in the roofing communities, setting the expectations with my clients that, hey, like if we kill it for you, are you going to be willing to promote us? Yeah. All right. And your credit card will clear, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, we're going to fucking kill it for you. And the experience is going to match. So as long as we're all both on the same page, we're good, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Then we start killing it for them. Then they go out of their way when people are like, hey, I need an SEO company. You can do the same thing with your local community groups. And there's no limits to like how methodical you could be about it. So I tell folks like, yeah. hey, you don't necessarily, you don't have, I don't pay anybody. I don't do like affiliate links at this point. I've never like done affiliate links or paid anyone on my behalf to go be a brand ambassador, but people do it because we do a really good job. So if you're working with a homeowner, you're doing a quality control walkthrough, whether it's your project manager, salesperson, owner, operator, get them excited about the roof you just put on, right? All right, so you know we threw the catch-all, um, hung that, and you know we made sure that we didn't fuck up your rosebush. It's perfect, or or maybe we fucked it up. We're gonna make we're gonna make it right for you. We're very sorry. Do you see why we went with the onyx shingle? Because it makes your trim pop, and it really you know ties in the facade of your home. You get, like get them excited, and then you know uh, you know ask them for a small favor. Would you do me a small favor? Bang! You should have your review link right there on your phone. All right, fantastic. Our reputation means everything to us. If I send you this link, can you share your experience? I'm going to go walk around the house and, and you know, make sure that we, we've knocked everything else out while you do that. Now, I mean, show me a, go do that and show me a situation where somebody doesn't give you the review. Okay. So now you take it a step further and it's like, hey, let me ask you something. If you had to recommend a roofer to one of your family members, like who would you recommend? I would hope they would say you. And, you know, if, yeah. if there's, if you've had nothing but issues with this job, like use discretion, you know, maybe you don't go that route yeah. and, and, and entice them to leave you a negative review or, or have them go promote you on Facebook for negative reasons. But assuming you're doing good work and you've done a good job for this customer, you know, ask them who they'd recommend. They're going to say you. Okay, fantastic. Hey, I don't want to put you out, but if you happen to see in passing um, somebody mentioning, you know, roofing, exteriors, renovation, whatever the case may be in these roofing groups or in these local community groups. Would you mind sharing your experience? What what Facebook groups are you talking about? Here, I'm going to send you an invite. I've got three that are right here in your community, and they're actually a great resource, not only for you to, to mention us, but for things that you need. Um, it's just a network of, of people in your local community that you can lean on and ask questions to. So, And that's scalable, right? Because if even 10% of people, like let's say you have 100 customers that you worked with last year, even if 5% of them, so you got five people that go out there, and whenever they see something, they start slapping your name in the comments, you're going to get opportunities. And you don't have to keep reinvesting necessarily the same way you would with paid leads in order to do that, but you have to be methodical and there has to be a systematic approach to consistently do that every single time. And that's where you get paid, baby. So for the, that was a long, we took the scenic route to, hey, if you know they're doing you know three quarters of a million, a million, and they're not quite ready to invest with us, like these are the type of conversations that I have with people when I do like consulting. 
to say like it's not the end of the world there's plenty of opportunity for you to grow outside of just doing what i love that that's something that everyone should be doing even if they you know at any size because you could allocate it to a team it's it's a untapped resource for the most part from what i've seen i couldn't agree more with um this might be a hard question to answer but with seo because there's, there's going to be a lot of variables but with your seo specifically and is that that's the one of the key services that you offer seo and google ads is that right or yeah custom web design seo google ads and website yeah. gotcha awesome what is the expectation that you set with how long it's going to take to start seeing things happen yeah when folks ask me that i tell them i have no fucking idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, you know like you know bullshit because you know with with most things in life it's you know we can calculate we can turn it into a math equation we can have a recipe right and we know that if we put this much flour and this much sugar this much vanilla extract like our cookies are going to be bussing they're going to slap as the kids would say but like seo is not that right there's so many different things that determine who's going to be ranked where within a market where we can do the same thing for 10 different people in 10 different markets and the outcomes are going to widely vary, right? So I had a client early on that, you know, Roof Tiger, Ben Morrow over in Illinois. Love that guy. Love his company. He does an amazing job branding. If you, if you, if you guys have questions on branding, go look at, go look at Roof Tiger and what they do. I mean, down to the fucking sneakers, they wear Nike Pressos that are tiger stripes. It's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. Love it. So with that being said, like his SEO campaign, he started ranking within like three to four months and getting like tons of opportunities. Like fantastic. High five. Corey with South Shore. I mean, it was like 16 to 18 months until he got anything meaningful as far as like traffic and, you know, starting to get lead flow out of this campaign. So, you know, what I tell folks is like we pull back the curtain when we're going through that paid console, we pull back the curtain and we show you everything. And it's it's. It's a lot. And, you know, quite honestly, they probably don't get when I'm yeah. showing it to them. But I want people to show like the consistent activity of it's not just, hey, I'm going to send you, you know, some bullshit analytics report that doesn't mean anything. Like these are the things we're doing on a, on a consistent basis. And there's like 15 different um, spreadsheets that we use to track it. What I can tell you is that like based on we'll give our best assessment as far as where you're at now and what makes the most sense from an SEO um, perspective, because we have a few different packages that most people would fit into. But the only promise I make is that I'll do everything again um, that we do for all of our other customers that have been successful. I show you what their results have been. And, you know, we're going to implement and execute with the same tenacity like a fucking honey badger. Okay. Oh, honey badger energy. Let's get it. Can't kill the honey badger. It never dies. I love that. That's tough, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've never had an encounter with one, but I mean, I've seen things. I've seen things. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen things. That's cool. It's um, it's interesting the way I've or I've started phrasing it like SEOs, you the the wife you you marry, st- steady, consistent, takes a while, builds up the relationship, and Facebook ads. That's the one you date in college or the one on the side. Yeah, it's fast, it's fun, it's furious. It'll be a hell of a ride. It'll end at some point, but you're gonna you're gonna love it or hate it. But it, you'll have some memories. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Um, I think I'll start adopting that analogy. Yeah, it's a good one. It's funny because I think I'd say we've got at least half a dozen or a dozen of the same same clients. We we do one piece. You do you're dating them. No, you're you're married. We're just we're the side piece. We're the side piece. <laughs> Love it. Let me ask you a question. You know, how do you deal with like? I'm sure one of the questions you get is like, I got a bunch of leads, but none of them close, right? Because I think yeah. inherently Facebook, it's a great opportunity, but I think 
for if I've if I've gotten feedback in Facebook in general, that's the thing is it's lower intent. But yeah, also yes. the, the cost per lead is much lower. So like how like how often do you get that question or that feedback? And like, what is the real? Tell me the real because I don't do Facebook ads. One of the first things I'll say. So I don't get the question that often because I'm I'm literally presenting it as the information. Like people have gone onto Facebook. I literally, I literally go onto Facebook. I have to be logged in as my wife because I'm banned for saying naughty things. But anyway, <laughs> but I'll go onto Facebook. I'll show an ad in their market of what's working right now. Da 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 da. But I'll say this person. We've gone onto Facebook. We're looking at dog videos, memes, reels, sharing things about family and friends, and the ad interrupts what they're doing. So the intent on Facebook is lower, and that's why we need we need more of these leads. And it takes time to build up the quality. After some time, when we can start retargeting and start showing people happy customers over and over and over and over again, that's when the quality or the intent of the lead will increase. But initially, it it really is. We need, it's a mixed bag that, that comes in. But in saying that, we have a follow-up system that's super dialed in, that's that hits the leads immediately. Um, it helps book the appointment and stuff like that. So you've got to know every little piece of the puzzle. If you just run Facebook ads, the average contact rate's like 30%, whereas our system, it does about 70 to 75%. But that that is the expectation that it's that needs to be set with, with Facebook advertising. You'll get, you should get cheaper leads. You need a lot more of them. Right. And not all of them are going to be closable. Yeah. Call the damn leads. Call the damn leads. There you go. Call the damn leads. Yeah. I've even got it on the shirt. I fucking love it. Yeah. It's uh, call the leads and, and pick up the phone. And if you're, and if you pick up the phone, I made like a parody video on YouTube, but like what you don't do is act like you're doing somebody a fucking favor by them giving you an opportunity to serve them and for them to be a patron of your business. Right. So answer the phone sound like you want to talk to the person don't sound like you just woke up off a three-day bender even if you did like fake it till you make it right (laughs) but honestly like all jokes aside you have like when you're in especially in roofing you've got such a small window right to to talk to these folks whether it's a facebook lead whether it's a google lead whether it's a referral there will be varying degrees of that like if somebody's calling for emergency service you're you've got a much smaller window but even if somebody's just calling for a replacement, like I'll tell you what people aren't excited about. They're not excited to say, okay, Mrs. Stearns, we're going to figure out tonight what roofer we're going to choose for our new roof that we got to spend a bunch of fucking money on that we don't have, right? So yeah. my, my guess and what I what I would see is, and I've seen it and listened to call recordings like, all right, we've called a couple other companies. We're just looking for another one last estimate. So if they have a predetermined number of people, whether it's one, three, five, that they're going to call. They're not going back and consistently following up and doing researching and doing another search and then doing another search and calling people, you know, four days straight. They're likely going to take that cluster of people that they find, whether it's through branding or ads on Facebook, whether it's on Google local services, Google ads, whatever, wherever they find you, they're likely going to go through and make their decision of who they're going to call. And then they're going to fucking call you. And if you don't answer and they talk to two or three other people, their needs are met in their mind. They've got a commitment as far as people to come out and give them an estimate. Even if you call back an hour later, you're, there's a good chance you're not getting that opportunity. So if you if you get a beta, and what I recommend to people is like use an answering service if it's an inbound lead or a system like yours where if it's you know something where you guys are doing the outreach and it's automated and there's, it starts the conversation. Now when you can get them on the schedule ASAP, even if you got to change, right? Go back and your your salesperson has to say you know we apologize. We actually were double booked for that. You know, is there another time? You know, what's better for you morning? Yeah, night? you could. I'd rather have that fire to put out than no fire. I don't want to fucking freeze. Yeah. Give me the fire. Give me all the smoke, Matt Smith. Exactly. Or be happy that your competitors are going to are gonna steal that fire and be doing 
rain dances all over you. Yeah, and then you can go over their campfire and beg them to, to for a little bit of warmth. And maybe they'll be kind enough to say, yeah, we'll, we'll be compassionate today. We'll, you and your family can sit around our fire. It all depends on what you want in life. Yeah, exactly. Rufus, I love him. What do you see as far as the biggest challenge, you know, for, for younger roofing companies, let's say two million under, um, what do you see as far as the biggest challenges or impediments to growth that, that they have? That's a great question. We, um, I took on a dude who's, um, he's a phenom- he was phenomenal at sales, but he had enough of the roofing company. Like a lot of reps, they, at times the wrong person, the wrong owner can screw them down and not pay him and things like that. So they go and do their own thing. Makes sense. And he, we brought, he, he got, he engaged us to do his ads and it was a, it was a home run and he did a ton of business really, really quick. Did a mill in three or four months or something. And we're like, yeah, how good's this? We're killing it. Wasn't really what I expected. I thought we'd do, I don't know, maybe quarter of that or something. Like I was very confident in the results of that market. It was Orlando a couple of years ago. But what I noticed was that he had to build a team. He had to increase uh, insurance. There were all these other things that came. There were cash flow. There was all these new problems, good problems, but problems that hadn't really been thought or planned or systematized, which put him in a spot where he was trying to replace himself. Um, and it was really, really hard because of that quick growth. So I've, I sort of see that as, as being the biggest problem. Like Number one, you're always going to be the bottleneck. And then I guess if you're not clear on what you really want to get out of out of your business, whether it's roofing or any business really, um, and you don't have a good plan in place and you're just trying to wing it, you're going to get clipped pretty quick. That's a really good insight. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I find that uh, a lot of the things that I see folks struggle with, it's it's funny because it's, it's both ends of the spectrum. Either they hold on to the vine for too long and, and they don't understand the importance of delegating and they try to do everything themselves. And I look at, I get it. I'm a fucking control freak. Okay. So yeah. you guys aren't alone, uh, but it is like it, to your point of being the bottleneck, right? It only perpetuates that narrative and hamstrings your ability to grow the company if you don't find... I like to do an exercise with people and I'll say, okay, so how many how many hours a day do you spend on your business? Now let's talk through those activities. Now of those activities and of those hours, how many of those hours are spent doing something that you pay somebody else to do? Okay. What would you say you value your time at? Now you make it a math equation, right? So if I spend four hours a day doing this and my time's worth 250 bucks an hour, okay, that's a thousand bucks a day that you're spending. You're spending... $20,000 a month, 240K a year approximately. You could hire somebody for 47000 give them a full benefits package, and they'd be fucking, they'd be really happy to work for you and they could do all be these happy, things yeah. and more, right? Conversely, you've got, you know, other contractors that might be, they might jump the gun as far as get offloading things off their plate. So they get rid of that, that tenacity, that, that moxie, that hustle, that, right, that year one hustle too early. And now you eat into your margin, which is going to have an adverse effect, um, depending on the size of the company, where you're at growth trajectory. Um, it could be damaging if you, if you start offloading those responsibilities too quickly. So I think like, you know, staying in the moment on the day to day, like you said, having goals. I mean, that's it's crucial. And then, you know, checking in on those goals with yourself, right? Or with a partner or, you know, setting goals for your people that are members of your team and making sure that you follow up on those goals is, is critical. Not only to understand that it's like a barometer of where your company's at, but also like to create a culture where people know that you actually give a fuck. Because I can ask you, Matt, what are your goals for the next 12 months? And it's like, uh, well, these are my goals. And we have a half hour long conversation. Then you never talk about it again. It's like, he doesn't fucking care. He was just posturing. But yeah. if you check in once a month and say, like, you, I know that you said, Mike, that you wanted to buy a house. 
um, you know, how, how much positive direction, um, how much have we moved in a positive direction on that? Or you said you want to do X, Y, and Z, you wanted to get a membership in the gym. Have you gone through that yet? What can we do to help? So this is, you know, a bit on a tangent from where we started, but like, I think those things are really important when you're building the culture of a company, because any, <laughs> a lot of people have a, an issue with like churn, right? Employee turnover. And the best way to do that is to create a culture where people don't want to leave, especially, you know, for an extra dollar or two an hour. People really care about who they work for and they'll fucking rally around their leader. That extra dollar or two an hour is not going to fucking matter. It really won't. I think it's been statistically 80% of people are not moved and motivated by money. It's um, involvement, being a part of something, having a purpose. And if you know personality traits, it's it actually makes sense, so. It's quite interesting, hey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had my first exposure to that when I was like 19. I started making good money. I don't know. It landed me in a drug addiction in a world of unhappiness. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah, so I, you know, I quickly realized, I was like, you know, okay, so there's more to, to life than just money. And, you know, you always, yeah. you envision to yourself. And I, I mean, people have a tendency to take things for granted. I'm no different, right? So in the moment, it's like, yeah, if I get this next goal, if I get to this next goal, if I reach this next threshold, I'm going to be happy. You know, I always got to rein myself in and really focus on things that I'm grateful for because I don't, I don't feel that I'm naturally that person where I w- wake up just full of gratitude and it's like, do, 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 do. Um, and it's a gift and a curse, right? That's like the shit that motivates me. That's the shit that makes me like hyper productive. But at the same time, it's like, if you're not careful and you don't, you know, check in with yourself and, and make, be very intentional about things that matter to you and how blessed you are for what you have, uh, it can be a slippery slope. Fun fun fact, guy that actually got me into the roofing space, his name's uh, Tim Nussbeck. Crazy, crazy, awesome, funny dude. He's uh, semi-retired from the, from the, don't say well, with crypto. Anyway, I used to do commercial cleaning, building and renovation. That's why I connected with him like five years ago. He's like, hey man, come run some ads for me. I was like, all right. And uh, anyway, his family built one of the most successful roofing companies. They've trained a lot of industry leaders, very well known. And it was interesting that he shared that in terms of like stress versus money versus impact and, and the, how, living the, the quality of life that he wanted to, he said the best money he ever saw and they ever made was in that 8 to 12 mil or 12 to $15 million mark. Which brings me to my point, like, Getting really clear on what you actually want out of business. It might not be the being the biggest, the, the biggest growth and massive team. It might be that you want to have the absolute best lifestyle and enjoy your family and have great impact and do a great job. Or finding that balance. Like it has to be right for you. And that's the that's one of the coolest things I've ever learned from uh, these crazy, crazy roofers. Yeah, that's a great point. They're like there's no doubt about it because I mean, Biggie said it best: more money, more problems. What like invariably what what's gonna happen? And I I would say there's that tipping point too. Like I find people that are like between five and eight million are typically a little less stressed than people that are doing fifteen, right? There's just there's more variables in the equation. And when you have more variables, you know there's more things that can go wrong. And when you have things that go wrong, guess what? Somebody has to fucking deal with it. And yeah. you know eventually some of that shit's gonna roll up to you, no matter how well you insulate yourself from like a hierarchy or an organizational chart, right? Like you're gonna have to answer to some of those things, and they're and the, probably the issues that are gonna get to you are gonna be more severe because you have insulated yourself and you have layers of people in place to deal with these things. So 
Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. And I think that's it's crucial. And I think it's also fluid, right? Like you may set out in theory and say, you know what? We did three mil last year. I want to triple this year. I want to do nine million. And then you get there and you're like, dude, the, the road to nine million was fucking awful. Like, let's just scale yeah. back down to six. And I'm fine with that. I'm where you might say yeah. you might be a sick fuck. I'm like, I want to do 20 next year, right? Let's let's, yeah. let's double yeah. down. And it's fine because I, I have the same things. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, that's I think that's that's a really good point. So Tim Nussbeck, shout out to you for for shedding such uh, significant insight with Matt and then him sharing it with the audience this morning. We yeah, appreciate it. What about my accent for him though? He loved that. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, Mike. Where can people find you? Like, what's the best way to connect with you? Slide in the DMs, Michael Stearns, S T E A R N S on Facebook. Um, at MJ Stern on Instagram, at Takeoff with a Send on Instagram. We have Tic Tacs and things. Is that what the kids are doing? The Tic Tacs dances? YouTube, like we put out a ton of content on YouTube um, at Ascend Digital Agency, I think. Just Google Ascend Digital Agency on YouTube, um, you know, because we put out like shorts for our content, uh, the podcast, things like that. So I, I would say that would be the best way. Or just go to a local, go to a roofing community group online. Just be like, who should I hire for SEO? My name might pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Just search SEO or marketers or something and they'll start to see you. No, just make sure you post it. I don't want you to use the search feature. I want to make sure that we get as many mentions as possible. So yeah, don't, don't, cool. go, don't go about it efficiently for, for my selfish benefit. Think of the future, people. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. This is important to me. And I'm a nice guy. You should want to help me. I promise. Um, yeah, dude, this was amazing. I really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to, to sit here and chop it up with you, even if it was at 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever time it is. I don't know what time. I did get that wrong. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, so fun fact, we agreed on, you know, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I get an invite for like 3.45 Eastern Standard. I'm like, hey, Poppy. Hey, Poppy, that's a little early for me, all right? Even for somebody in my state of mind, um, which, you know, to his credit, Matt, he he owned it. He took accountability, and he fixed it, right? Solutions, not excuses. So he did the damn thing, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. Yeah, I did stuff that up, my bad. Um, any final words? Final words? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to come on my show, the, Mi the Mission Control Podcast. Um, that's one of my final words. Um, if if y'all ever have any questions, you know, I, and here's the thing, I'm sure folks listening to this, Matt, you're an authority to them and as you should be. Um, if there's any questions that you guys have of things that you know, maybe, um, I'm happy to help, whatever it is, right? No yeah. obligation, just shoot a DM. I'll be happy to shed some insights if I can. And, um, you know, let's, let's make the world a better place one day at a time together. And we can all join around that campfire and sing kumbayas. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. We can do that. Yeah. Actually do a little bit of a rain dance and, and hope for some hail. Not too bad. And some winds just to just to move things around. Not I don't want people to get hurt, but I want some I want people to be busy and make some money and help some people too. So I do those dances for everyone while we're singing that song. Yeah, so what we'll have to do is we'll have to broadcast that on the Mission Control podcast yeah. when you come on. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see this rain dance. I too yeah. may want to rain dance. I've never done it, but I mean a little hail never hurt nobody. Uh, you know, so just enough to get some claims approved. Like Matt said, no one get hurt, but, um, you know, yeah, some damage, a little damage. It's Love fine. that. It'll be okay. <laughs> Mike, thank you very much for sharing some time today, my good man. You absolutely killed it. You have tremendous hair and I know a thing about hair too. And that's it. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks for watching. See you on the next one.